Some of you are. Let's try that again. Are, are you happy to be here worshiping God this morning? There we go.
a firm foundation, a rock, the only solid ground. The nations rise and fall. Kingdoms once strong, now shaken. We trust forever in your name, the name of Jesus.
of it gold Like a vow that is tested Like a covenant of old Your love is enduring Through the winter rain And beyond the horizon With mercy for today Faithful you have been Faithful you will be You pledge yourself to me And it's why I sing Your praise will ever be on my lips Ever be on my lips Your praise will ever be on my lips Ever be on my lips Your praise will ever be on my lips Ever be on my lips, your praise will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips. You father the orphan. Your kindness makes us whole And you shoulder our weakness And your strength becomes our own Now you're making me like you Clothing me in white Bringing beauty from ashes For you will have your bride Free of all her guilt And rid of shame and known by her true name and it's why I sing your praise will ever be on my lips ever be on my lips your praise will ever be on my lips ever be on my lips your praise will ever be on my lips ever be on my lips your praise will Ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips, you will be praised, you will be praised with angels and saints. We sing, Worthy are you, Lord, you will be praised, you will be praised with angels and saints. We
Father God, we come before you this morning, humble to be in your house of worship, Lord. Lord, I know that some of us had weeks that were higher than high, and others of us, we had weeks that were lower and low, and some of us, we even had weeks that were right in between. But Lord, I ask that you will clear that from our minds and open our hearts to the words that come, Lord. And Lord, let us hear exactly what you need us to hear today. In your name. Good morning. We're so glad you're here. Welcome to Crossroads. If you're excited to be here this morning, I want you to turn to the person next to you and say, my, you're good looking. Some of you, some of you were like, just laughed and didn't even look at the person next to you. You're like, <laughs> hey, we're excited you're here this morning. Hey, I have been given the amazing honor to recognize our seniors this morning. And so to start out, I want to call up our first student is Michael James Baker. Come on up, Mike. Give it up for Mike. Mike right now is working, planning for his future. He's got some things he's looking forward to. Our second student is Roberta Bobby Joanne Bittner. Come on up, Bobby. Bobby graduated from Thomas Jefferson High School, and she plans to attend CCAC, the Radiology Tech Program. Also, we have Matthew Antonio Bittner. Give it up for Matt. Matt graduated from Thomas Jefferson High School as well, and he's accepted an apprenticeship with a local butcher. He wasn't able to make it with us here this morning. And then last, we have Alexa Ray Hodson. Come on up, Alexa. Alexa graduated from Ringgold High School and will attend Waynesburg University's nursing program. Give it up for all of our seniors this morning. We're extremely proud of you guys. Also, be sure to check your insert in your bulletin. We have several graduating from college, and we just want to give it up for our graduating college students. Give it up for them this morning. We have some gifts here we want to give to the students, because obviously, this is a huge step in your life, but guys, there's so many more things that you have to look forward to. There's so many new adventures, but there's also some new trials. And one thing we even talked about this morning with our students over in the gym is that, guess what? It doesn't matter where you go, it's who goes with you. Are you taking God with you on this path? Are you considering God, God's plan for your life as you are taking these next steps? And so we want to give them these books, these God's Wisdom for the Graduate for the class of 2018. So guys, here you go. Thank you guys so much for just staying dedicated, doing what you're doing. Stay close to God and watch what he'll do. This morning, I just want to spend some time and pray over these students and just ask God to work in their futures. Let's pray. Dear God, we just love these students. We thank you for how you've blessed them, how you've blessed their families. God, as they begin to take this next journey, this next adventure, that you would be with them along that process. That you would lead them and guide them in the ways that you would have for them. Because God, you promised us, you said you wanted to give us a life more abundant. God, it, it only happens through you. God, be with these students. Protect them. Prepare them for what you have for them. And we're going to give you all the glory in your son's name. Amen. Thank you, guys. Give it up for our seniors one last time. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Cool. Awesome. 
Um, we are really excited about what God's going to do this morning here at Crossroads. If you're new, please stop by the Welcome Center Next Steps area. We'd love to connect with you, hear your story, as well as, I always say this, and people forget this, is there's something free for you, so there's a reason why you should go and check it out. Um, but also, too, maybe you're just like, hey, I'm passing through. Uh, we, you, this is a place to belong. This is a place to call home. And so even if you're traveling through, we'd love to just connect with you. A couple things to highlight. There's a lot going on. Next, this coming Friday, June 15th, is June Jamboree. Tickets are free. They're available on our website. If you have any questions, you can see Jenny Hoffman, or you can email the office, and we'd love to answer any questions. Again, it's free, and we're really excited for an evening to just be for our community and just have a lot of fun. It's going to be a really good time. We're really excited about it. And then that weekend is Man Day, so we're going to be just celebrating our fathers, celebrating the men in our church, the leaders that we follow, and so thankful for those mentors, and so we're excited to just have some classic cars in the lot, and so if you have a classic car and you want to bring it up that weekend, feel free to. We would love that just to, just to make that weekend special, as well as we're going to be grilling out a little bit and be uh, handing some of the guys here in the church, uh, I think, breakfast sandwiches, so we're really, yeah, I mean, come on now, bacon breakfast sandwiches, church, that sounds great. So we're really excited about that, and then the following weekend is Founders Weekend, Pastor Arnold our former lead pastor and his wife, Joanne, will be joining us that weekend. And we'll be just talking about the history here at Crossroads. And we're really excited to just know that we, we stand on the shoulders of those who have gone before us. And so just rich history of reaching people for Jesus. And we're really excited to have him and his wife here. And then July 9th through the 13th is VBS. So there's a couple of ways to participate in VBS. If you have little kids, sign them up bring them. It's a great week of, we just point them to Jesus. We have fun with them. We love on them. We point them to Jesus. If you have neighbors, bring them. We would love to have them and their kids here. We're just really excited to just have all these lives, these little lives running around. And I know it's a crazy week, but if you have an opportunity to serve, if you can't serve by being here, you can serve by donating and praying and stop by the VBS table as you leave and they'll be able to answer questions. And so you can even grab a little thing on the donation wall and you can get construction paper or glue and bring it up. And that is a way to serve and participate. So we're really, really excited about that. One more thing. If you have signed up for the Next Steps membership class, it is right after the service in the gym, free lunch, and there will be childcare available. So if you have any questions, just stop by the Next Steps area and they would love to, to answer those questions and connect with you. As the ushers come forward for our morning offering, if you're new with us, please just know that we're so thankful that you're here. And if you would like to participate in this offering, know that this is for those who are regular in the grace of giving, but you're absolutely more than welcome to participate. And so maybe this morning you're going, I don't know what I can give, or I don't know what this is. Maybe you just reach in front of you, grab a Connect card, and just write a prayer request and put it in there, and that's your offering this morning. We see those, we pray for those, and we're so thankful to be able to serve you and your family this morning. Let's go before the Lord. Jesus, we love you. And God, we just sit back and just think about the songs that we just sang. God, your praise will ever be on our lips. God, we, we just think about, uh, God, you are the only king forever. God, we just, we just sit and just reflect on those things. And God, now that we have sang to you, God, now we give. God, we give to the mission to see more lives changed, rocked and flipped by Jesus Christ. We give to see more lives changed in Finleyville and our greater city of Pittsburgh, God, in this country. We want to see more lives changed by Jesus Christ and to see your kingdom widened. God, you are using this church and we are humbled to serve. And we are so thankful for all those who have gathered this morning. And so we're excited about what you're going to teach us through your word and only the way that you can. God, meet us as you do. 
We're just really, really thankful and excited to just sit in your presence, to be in this space for this time, for this purpose. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for first loving us.
Aren't you glad to be here this morning? Let's give God a hand. What a great time of worship we've had today already. I want you to know that while we're in the middle of the monsoon season, that Friday the schedule right now is no rain, correct? So just continue to pray for that this week as we invite our friends and family out for that June Jamboree. Just get them online, go get their free ticket. It's going to be a great time. They've got so much planned. You see the stage out there already. Our band is going to be having live worship out there, and it's going to be just a, a fun, exciting event. There's going to be all kind of games everywhere. So we just uh, I want to encourage you to, to, to invite somebody. Our mission is to bring people into a growing relationship with Jesus, so let's go do that and uh, just put the word out. Nothing like a free event, you know. There's very few things that are free in today's world, and uh, everything is absolutely free out there, except I think there's a dollar concession stand. But outside of that, everybody will have a great time. <clears throat> and then uh, next weekend, of course, will be our, our man day, bacon, egg, and cheese biscuits for everybody, not just for the men. See, on, on Mother's Day, we only, re, we only give to the women. On man day, we give to everybody. How about a hand for that, folks? All right? All right? You know? And, and it can't be man day without bacon. Oh, oh, oh. So I just want you to know that, all right? So that's next week. And we're excited today. We're, we're continuing our series, Goals, Hashtag Goals. And we've been looking at two verses that are just loaded with, with character. They're, they're loaded with character traits that if you had these in your life, it would be revolutionary. It would transform your life. Galatians 5, to 23. But the fruit of the Spirit... And so he's, he shows that the whole book of Galatians is about freedom. Uh, he, he talks about having this freedom, this freedom we have in Christ. And then he gets down towards the end of the book here and he gives the real freedom. The real freedom is to produce these things in your life because when you're not producing these things, you're working so hard. And as you're trying to work, he listed off all these things that the works of the flesh were. They were, the, they were anger and jealousy and sexual immorality and all kind of this long list of, of, of stuff that, like, man, it, it just it leaves you empty. But the, the fruit of the Spirit, so the work of the flesh, what I try to work, that's what I produce. But whenever I'm connected to the vine, look what God produces in our life. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against these things, there is no law. <clears throat> and so as you look at that list, you know, we, it was pretty exciting. We looked at love, joy, and peace because everybody wants to have that in their life. Then we looked at patience last week. We said that was the uncomfortable one, right? Because I, I told you, I, never, I, I really don't pray for patience because when you pray for patience, you're afraid God's going to give you some reason to be patient, right? It's like, I'm going to have this trial and uh, nobody wants those. But patience, is, is God develops that. And we, we think of that uncomfortable term, patience, as God develops it, you are free. You're set free. You don't, have to, you don't have to be this person that's upset and mad and, and impatient and, and pacing and, and just, you're, you're shredded. It, it destroys you. And so today, the, the, one, the next one that we're focusing on, the, the kind, is, is kindness. And that's the next verse here today I'd like to share with you about kindness. And I'm going to take you back to a verse in, in Micah. This is one of the, the prophets in the Old Testament. And, uh, and I'm just going to read to you Micah 6, 8, and then we'll give you a little bit of background. He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, and to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. 
And so the, this verse is written, it's in the context of a, of a conversation that God is having with the nation of Israel. And a few people come up and they question them. So I'm just going to go back, I'm going to read a little bit of the background to you. Uh, Micah 6, 3, this is where God's talking to the people. He says, oh my people, what have I done to you? How have I wearied you? Answer me. You see, what had happened was that the nation of Israel, they got into a good habit of, of knowing the rituals. They could go through worship pretty good. They knew how to go to the temple. They knew how to sacrifice. As a matter of fact, Solomon was noted for, for sacrificing a thousand sacrifices on one day. I mean, it was a big deal. And so you go back. This is the history that they're coming to, coming to this passage with. But yet their hearts were disconnected. Their hearts were far from God. And he says, oh, my people, what have I done? How have I wearied you? What is it? Answer me. For I brought you from the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of slavery. They were 400 years in slavery. And God says, I took you out of slavery. And I sent before you Moses Aaron and Miriam. He says, I gave you good leaders and, and look at what I've done and yet you're, you're still going to, you're, you're, you're going to complain and, and, you're, and you're, not going to, you're not going to be connected to me. Yeah, you've got outward conformity but there's something missing here. Oh, my people, remember what, what Balak, king of Moab, devised and what Balaam, the son of Baor, uh, answered him and what happened from Shittim to Gilgal and uh, that you may know what the righteous acts of the Lord are. And so he says, listen, he, 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 God's given him all this remembering. He says, remember, remember, I, I helped you cross the Jordan River. Remember, I got you out of slavery. Remember what I have done for you. And he's asking them, well, why are we disconnected here? Even though they had all the rituals, they went to church. They did it all on the outside. And then the questioners come, with what shall I come before the Lord? And it's kind of interesting because they knew about sacrifice. They knew about the, the formality. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Uh, will, will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams? And again, they're going back. They're referring back to Solomon and a few, others, a few other leaders. Uh, with ten thousands of rivers of oil. Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He says, what do you want? Do you want me to sacrifice my firstborn? And God, in verse 8, says, oh, what does the Lord require of you? And this is in the context of relationship. So he's not saying this is how you get to heaven, folks. He's saying, you're my people. And so we know the scripture teaches the way that we get to heaven is by putting our faith in Jesus Christ. He died on the cross once for all forever. So, so that is where you come and you transfer your trust onto him, what he has done. And outside of that, there is no other, uh, no, no other way but to have eternal life, and that's through Jesus Christ. There's no other way. And so he says here, in the context of relationship, what does it require but for you to do justice, to do right, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? He asked you to walk humbly, to love kindness. And I want you to think about that today because to love kindness means to be loyal, to have a loyalty to kindness, to be committed to kindness. And the, the word kindness there, and sometimes it's translated mercy, sometimes they use the word kindness, and they interact, they're, they're, they're very similar in nature because here's what it is. Kindness is really God's mercy towards us. 
And he says, I want you to love mercy. I want you to love the kindness of God. I want you to be people that are kind. I want the people around you to know that you're kind. He doesn't say to go out and make more sacrifices. He doesn't say go and sing more at the temple. He doesn't say any of that. He says, look, I want you to be people that love kindness. I want you to walk humbly before your God. God is merciful. He is kind to us. And as we look through the scripture, you see it over and over. God reminds us that he is kind, he is kind, he is kind. What is our natural reaction? Get even. Our natural reaction is typically not kind. My natural reaction is whenever I've been hurt is to inflict hurt, right? When I've been injured, to inflict injury. Uh, when, when somebody doesn't like me, to not like them back. You see, it's, it, it's, uh, I'm, I'm going to keep score. And God doesn't keep score with us. Aren't you thankful for that? You go in the book of Psalms, man. He says says that God is slow to anger. He he doesn't keep score. He's washed away our sin as far as the east is from the west. And so therefore, he says, I want you to love kindness, and I want you to not keep score on those in your life. I want you to be kind to them and to have mercy upon those in your life as you have been given mercy. Now, last week I shared this verse with you, and I'm gonna, we're going to share it again. This is Colossians 3, 12 and 13, because there's so much here, and we, we looked at, you know, there's items here. He says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. This is what he says to clothe yourself with. And I shared with you last week as well that, you know, my wife is, uh, is, is very dear and precious, and, and she takes and matches my clothes for me. She, she has them ready. The next one in line in the closet, I just pick it out. And she does that not because she loves me, but because she doesn't want me to embarrass her, Okay. Um, I'm colorblind, and I'm a terrible dresser, I, okay? When I first met, she said all I wore was brown. I said, you mean there are other colors? I didn't know that, okay? So everything I wore was brown. And, and so my wife puts that in the next thing in line, and I don't have to think about it. It's the greatest gift in all the world. Uh, men, if you, you know, just go home, mismatch your clothes a couple times, your wife will do it for you too, right? But it's just like, uh, you know, it's, it's just amazing, you know? So, it, it, you know, I have that. It's laid out. And you know, in the very same way, that's what God has done for us. He says, I've already picked out the garments for you. Put them on. I, you know what? I have a choice every morning. I can put on anger. I can put on retaliation. Or I can put on kindness. And God has the outfit laid out for me. Kindness, humility, patience gentleness. And, and, and the, the word there is, is, is put on, clothe. The, the concept there in, in the original language is to, to engulf, to, be, to sink into the garment. That's pretty cool. And the only garment that I sink into, most I kind of fit into, I stretch into, right? Okay. Most of the outfits that I sink into would be something like a bathrobe. You know, you get that bathrobe, my wife almost threw mine away the other day. She says, you never wear it. I said, leave it there. It looks good in the closet, you know? And so it's like you, you pull that out, and, and you, just, you just wrap yourself in that. Get out of that shower. It's cold. It's freezing. You clothe yourself. That's what God says I want you to do. I want you to sink in to these things. Sink into the garments of, of, the, of his, his character. 
And this is how I want you to live your life. And, and so kindness is one of them. And, and bear, the next verse, the very next verse, verse 13 says, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against each other. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And it's kind of interesting. He says, clothe yourself with kindness. And why does he say to clothe yourself with kindness? Because where there's two people, where there's movement, there's friction. That's just the way it is. Um, he says, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against each other. Paul is recognizing that you will have differences. And as long as there are two sets of eyes, there will be two sets of views. And everybody will look at everything differently. So in your marriage, bear with each other. In, in your family, bear with each other. In your church, bear with each other. People see things differently and we move. You know, right? Listen, bear with each other. Put on kindness. Don't put on being right. And this is where we lose the battle. I've never seen anybody that goes into fight who doesn't think they're right. And I, I do it myself. You know, there are times that, man, I know my wife is wrong and I'm going to let her know about it, right? And, and, and so when I do that, guess what? I lose the relationship. You will lose the relationship when you're fighting to be right. But when you are putting on the clothing of kindness, your relationship will grow. You don't have to be right. You can be right and she doesn't have to recognize it. Your kids don't have to recognize that you're right. And, and, and listen, you, you, you can be right without being ignorant. You can be right with, while being kind. And so God has called us to be kind. This is the fruit of the Spirit of God. To sink into his garment. God loves you enough to lay out your clothes. He really does. And so this, tomorrow you're going to be in a conflict. And so, you know, it's not if, it's when. You will be in conflict. It's coming, folks. So if you've got up this, in the morning and you have put on the clothing of kindness gentleness, meekness, the fruit of the Spirit, if we clothe ourselves with this, then whenever I have this disagreement that comes, guess what? I will be able to interact in relationship in a way that will grow the relationship, a way that will, where I can lean in on kindness and still have a disagreement. To be kind does not mean that you don't have a disagreement. To be kind says that's how I handled the disagreement. This is, I, I, don't, have to, I don't have to win every battle to, to be right. I don't have to win every battle to have my relationship. And we're going to look at this a little bit because um, they're, they're on your notes, if you're taking notes on the back of the bulletin, there, there's a few, few fill in the blanks. Kindness starts with the ability to notice somebody else. You've got to be able to notice that there are people in your life. The first step to be kind is to see other people and to realize that they have needs and to recognize them. There was a, a, a fellow, Mark chapter 8, Jesus went and healed a man. Let me read it to you, Mark chapter 8, verse 22. When they arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus, and they begged him to touch the man and heal him. It's kind of interesting that Jesus saw people's needs, and he made a relational touch. He didn't have to touch him. He could have just healed him from a distance. They didn't have to bring him. He could have just healed him from far away. But Jesus made a moment and stopped, and he, he saw a need, and he said, man, this is a human being. Uh, Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. Then spitting on the man's eyes, he laid hands on him and asked, can you see anything now? And then the man looked around, verse 24, 
Yes, he said. I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. Kind of interesting that Jesus did the initial miracle, and uh, he just kind of saw shadows. Saw these trees. It looked like trees that were walking around. And Jesus didn't stop there. Look what he does in verse 25. Then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again, and his eyes were opened. His sight was completely restored, and he could see everything clearly. Now check this out. The man came back, and God finished the miracle. And I really believe that that's what has to happen in our life. We need to have our eyes opened to see people around us, and it is a work of God. When you come and you get connected to the vine, you say that you're getting closer to Jesus, you know one of the evidence will be? You'll start to be kind to people, and you'll start to notice that there are human beings in your life. I love getting around some of the, some of the people of our church, and I love to hear the kindness that just oozes out of them. I, uh, I have a, a friend that, you know, I, I, I get together with, and I, and I hear the kindness. He doesn't even realize his kindness. It just comes out of him, and he's just like, wow, yeah, and this person was hurting, and so I just, I just kind of helped him out, and, I, and, and he, he's taking care of all these people, and it's just like, wow, it just comes out. Why? It's second nature because it's the character of God, and when you're hanging out with Jesus, he transforms us, and he's making us into the image of Jesus. And so, uh, into the likeness of Jesus. Excuse me, he's making us into the likeness of Jesus. And so that's our goal, is to be like Christ. And so to be like Christ isn't coming to church and singing songs. That's a small part of it, folks. To be like Christ is tomorrow morning when somebody disagrees with you in your office. To, uh, to, to go to, to, to be a, a, an active part in your community with people that are not like you. And to disagree agreeably, to be kind. You know, the Good Samaritan, he saw people as he looked at people. Um, you know, he was walking along the, the path and he sees this Jew that had been hurt. The thieves had beat him up and he was left for dead. Two Jews walked by this man. They saw him and had no compassion. They saw him and said, well, we got to get to church. <laughs> you know, has that ever happened to you? You know, you see somebody has a need, but you're like, man, I got to get to church or I got to get somewhere where, where I have an agenda. Man's laying there almost dead on the ground. A good Samaritan comes by, and the Samaritans and the Jews were absolute polar opposites. They hated each other. They would never talk to each other. And for a Jew to pass up another Jew, that's, that's horrible right there. But now when a Samaritan would even talk to, another, to, to a Jew, that was unheard of. So the Samaritan in the Scripture says that he saw him, and he had compassion on him. So he saw him, and he took action and then he went and he took him and he took care of him, made sure he got, got taken care of, took him to a hotel or whatever, and, and got him back on his feet. Look what Philippians 2.4 says. Philippians 2.4 is, let, let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. How do we live our life? The American way is I'm looking out for me. I'm looking out for number one, and everything else is good from there, Right? God says, here's how I want you to live your life. I want you not only look out for, for your own interest. Of course, he, the scripture talks about if a man doesn't care for his own family, there's a big problem there. A man must step up and, and take care of his own household. So that, he's not saying not to take care of your own household. He says, take care of your own household and not only your own household, but the interest of others. And so I often look and I ask myself that question, am I caring for the interest of others? 
Have I slowed down enough to, to become available? That's the next point. Kindness is making yourself available. You know, the good Samaritan slowed down enough and he made himself available. Not only did he see him, but he made himself available. He says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him myself. I'm going to give him my time. And so the, the first two were so busy, they were in a hurry. But the good Samaritan, he has a, 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 this, this expression of love, and it's called kindness. And so he does something for somebody else that he normally wouldn't do. Uh, and I want to encourage you. That, uh, that God has a place for you. David Willer, a professor at Liberty University, talks, a, talks about a thing called incarnational ministry. And incarnational ministry was this. When Jesus left heaven and he became a man, we call that the incarnation. And he says that in our life, we are to have an incarnational ministry. In other words, we may have to leave our little world and jump into somebody else's world. You know, that's what a missionary does. When a missionary goes to, if you, you move, you know, Priscilla's home for the summer here. I, you know, isn't that cool? We get to call Priscilla Gonzalez. This is home for the summer. Give her a hand. Welcome home, all right? You know? Yeah, all right? So uh, she's, she's one, of, one of our missionaries to Ecuador, currently going to school over in, in Ohio there, Cedarville. And so, so you know, when a, when a missionary leaves and goes to Ecuador, and they're out there, and... Uh, let me see where I was at there. I got so excited about Priscilla being here. Forgive me, all right? When a missionary goes all the way out there, and, and, and you know, we go on a mission trip, we go all the way out there, we make ourselves available, right? But then we come home, and we forget about what it is that, what, what it is is happening around here. And so not just being on the mission field. When a missionary comes, and, 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 and if I were to go to Ecuador and become a missionary, I would have to learn Spanish, Otherwise, it wouldn't be incarnational. I, I, I screw up every time I go down there. I try to speak Spanglish, and they laugh at me hysterically. I even got myself into big trouble. I was on the microphone one time saying something, and uh, Daniel came on and said, no, don't, don't say it no more, right? Because it wasn't, wasn't good. I, I thought I was saying something really good, right? Incarnational. You sit down. Yeah, it, be, be careful, right? Be careful. They watch me a little closer these days when I go anywhere. But that be, be, be very careful. You know, incarnational says that, that, that you leave your world and you come into somebody else's world. When I go to those places, I try to eat everything that they eat until it burns my stomach, right? It's just like that's all that you can do. Incarnational means that we are going to be into somebody else's life. I'm going to jump into their life. And uh, that's what Jesus did. Jesus was jumping into people's lives. People mattered to him. Over in Luke chapter 8, there was a, a lady that crawled through the crowds to, to meet Jesus. He, he's walking around, and there's thousands of people, you know, hundreds of people. And it'd be like going down Pittsburgh on the 4th of July. There's just a big crowd, and you're trying to get through to get your spot, right? And Jesus is walking through, and all of a sudden, he feels a tug on him. Now, imagine how many people must have bumped into him. But he feels this tug on, on the hem of his garment, the scripture says. And, and he turns around and says, who touched me? And his disciples are like, what do you mean who touched you? There's hundreds of people here. And he says, somebody touched me. Somebody, somebody needs something. And so this lady comes and she says that basically she had a, an issue of blood, some sort of uh, blood issue there, okay? And, and the scriptures go on further to say that she spent basically everything that she had all her life, all her money on doctors, and so there was, there was no other hope, and she came to Jesus, and, and Jesus said that her faith had made her whole that day. 
And so, so Jesus had this interaction. Jesus didn't have to stop, folks. He, he's, he had an agenda. He was on the way to another healing. Somebody else needed him. And he was on that way. And it was on that way that somebody pulls on him and he says, he says who touched me? And he senses it. And it's like, it's a big picture for us to see that people are important. People matter. And when we're talking about kind, see, that's what Jesus did. He turned around and he was kind to this woman. Kindness is about understanding. It's about understanding. Yeah, sometimes kindness means we have to lean in. Sometimes kindness means that we have to listen to somebody else to understand them. Kindness is, a, is, is about being honest. It's about being real. Proverbs 27, 6 says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. You know, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the enemy, the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. You know, um, there's few people in your life that, that have that relational right that they can talk to you, right? A few people have that relational right that they can come and they can tell you something. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. I stopped in to see Jim Watts the other day and had a great time with him and just visiting with him. And I was wearing a black shirt. And Jim's one of those guys that can tell me anything. And, and, and he is faithful or the wounds of a friend. You know, the enemy will tell you you did good all the time. <laughs> the enemy's always, oh, that's wonderful. But Jim, Jim, Jim's a, a, a friend that can give me a wound. And I'm like, oh, that hurt, but I'll take it. So I'm sitting there with Jim, and I got this black shirt on, right? And I must have leaned up against something because on my shoulder had like this, this big white mark on the shoulder. And Jim's like, hey, you got something on your shoulder? I'm like... All right, I tried to wipe it off. It didn't happen. I go, I'll deal with it later. He goes, you got something on your shoulder. He's bringing it up like three times, you know? And then in only Jim Watts fashion, he's sitting there and he's like looking at me. We're talking. He goes, I can't take it anymore. I can't take it anymore. And if you know Jim, it's true, right? So Jim goes to his sink and he gets a washcloth and he puts it, he puts it on, wets it down and he comes over and he's cleaning my shirt. He says, now, don't let it happen again. You know, I'm like, thanks, Dad. All right, you know. It's just like only, only Jim Watts could do that. Now, you have to have those people in your life that can do that for you. And you have to have people, as Ephesians 4.15 says, to will speak truth in love. See, that's kindness. I don't want to hear it. I don't, I don't want to hear it sometimes. But kindness is, you're going to hear it because I love you. Kindness is a parent telling their child something that they don't want to hear because they love them. Kindness is sometimes whenever, uh, whenever your, your wife says you need a piece of gum, right? And I get them all the time. Uh, kindness is whenever you take and, and, and you balance grace and truth. John 1.14 says that Jesus came full of grace and truth. You see, grace has the ability to come and be graceful with you and to give you something that you don't deserve. And truth has the ability to give you what you need. See, the truth is we are sinners and we need a Savior. But the grace of God was that he provided the Savior. And so many times we look in our life, kindness is not just being nice and spongy and soft all the time. Kindness is being real and being honest. But it's the way we deliver it. The way we deliver it. Kindness is not a compromise. It's not a compromise. 
Um, you know what? I have sat down with many people in our community that do not have the values that I share from God's word. Many people in our community do not. But let me tell you, Jesus, when he sat down with those people, he was not worried about his reputation. And I want to encourage you, don't be worried about your reputation. Because Jesus was full of grace and truth. And so I can carry the grace and truth, and I don't have to be like, I'm right, you're wrong. I can be full of grace and truth, and I can have a cup of coffee with anybody, regardless of their lifestyle, regardless of their sin. Because my sin, I've got it too. As a matter of fact, you know what Jesus... Jesus was accused of eating with sinners. There was a guy named Zacchaeus. The wee little man and the wee little man was he. For he climbed up in the sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And Jesus saw him and said, Zacchaeus, you come down for I'm going to your house today. And I remember singing that as a kid and I never really understood the depth of it. Because Zacchaeus was a thief. He was a thief. He stole from everybody. He was like this tax collector guy, and he would overcharge and just steal, and he couldn't help himself. The money was there. He's like, I'm going to just take it. And so he stole, and he stole, and he stole. And so everybody said, this guy is despicable. And you know what Jesus said? Jesus is in the crowd. He says, Mr. Despicable, come down. I'm going to have dinner with you. And Zacchaeus is like, whoa. You want to have dinner with me? Why? And, and, and then God visits with him, and, and his life is transformed because Jesus didn't get in his face and said, you're a dirty, rotten, scoundrel sinner. Didn't do that, did he? He had grace. He said, come on down. I'm going to have dinner with you. And at dinner, the character of God came out. And at dinner, Zacchaeus realized how much he needed a Savior. And at dinner, his life was changed. And after dinner, you know what Zacchaeus did? All the people that he stole from, he went back and paid them back four times the amount. Four times. God's kindness. He received the kindness and his life was changed. And I want to encourage you. We have this, sometimes we, we go real heavy to the truth, real heavy to grace. Sometimes we're real spongy and real soft. Sometimes we're hard and fast. Listen, God says his truth will not be denied because you did not obey it. Now check that out. When you're sharing Jesus with somebody, if they accept it or if they don't accept it, the truth is still the truth. And, if they, and, and, and so uh, somebody in the church, if you're here and you're, you're starting to follow Christ and you're, you're struggling with some of the things that you hear about Jesus, it doesn't change the truth. He's still true. And so our job is to be kind. And I want to encourage us as a family of God to go out and be kind because we need the family of God. If Jesus didn't eat with sinners, he would have starved to death before he went to the cross because we're all sinners. Every one of us are sinners. He would have starved to death. And so, so Jesus comes along and, and he had this over and over, the people that he dealt with. He dealt with people everywhere that needed a savior and uh, there, there was a, a lady that, that came and, and wept on his feet. She was an immoral woman. She wept on his feet. She brought an alabaster jar. She wept on his feet, was crying, and, and, and washed 
his feet with her hair and was kissing his feet. And the Pharisees come over and said, this was the church leaders of the day. They came over and said, uh, if he were really a prophet, he would know that that lady is very immoral. And he wouldn't let her do that to his feet. And Jesus turns around and he tells a story about some guy that borrowed 500 pieces of silver and another guy that borrowed 50 pieces of silver. And he says, hmm, which, and, 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 and the guy who lent it, he forgave them both and, and let them go. And he says, now which one has more of a gratitude? Which one has more love for, for the owner who released the debt? And, and they said, I guess it would be the guy that had the 500 forgiven. He says, in the very same way, this woman, I came to your house and you didn't offer to wash my feet. I came to your house, you didn't take care of me. And here's this woman, she's here and she's washing my feet with her hair. And then he looks at her and he says, woman, your sins have been forgiven. That was the kindness. And so when we, when we were able to love people, just because you love somebody does not mean you affirm what they do. Do you, do you see the difference? Jesus loved the woman who was caught in adultery but he did not affirm her adultery. He loved her. He cared for her. He stood up in front of the crowd. And at the end of the day, he says, I do not condemn you. Go and sin no more. Grace and truth. Lastly, this morning, the kindness was going to cause you to give of yourself. It is absolutely going to cause you to give of yourself in some way. Uh, it's going to cause you... To, uh, to do something. Uh, for example, whenever you go out to a restaurant, many of you will go out to eat lunch today. The, the, somebody is going to come and serve you your meal and there will be an opportunity for kindness and that's to leave a tip, right? And so you can choose 10%, 15%, 20%. I encourage you to be generous, to go and be kind because that person is giving you something that's going to go into your body. And we take that lightly that another human would care for me. Well, I don't have money to, to tip. Well, then you don't have money to eat out. And, and so you go and you hit that 20%. And when you're around somebody who's generous, listen, I, I went out the other day. You know, I go to this place called Great Clips to get my hair cut, both of them. And uh, I go out there and, and I, I sign in online. Um, you know, I have the app for Great Clips, so I go and I sign in online. Seeing as I talked about patience last week, so I don't have patience to wait in there, so I just sign in online. I just show up and they take me, right? Well, I got in there, the last haircut, and, uh, and these two ladies are fighting over me. I'm like, wow, this feels pretty good, you know? And they're fighting over me over who's going to cut my hair. And I just can't believe that they're fighting over who's going to cut my hair. And I'm thinking, that's because I don't have any hair. And I'm like, oh, man, they're all, you know. They're like, you lost. And the, the, the other girl, she had somebody in there. You know, this dude had hair. It was a dude too. So it wasn't like a lady's hair versus a man's hair. It was two men, and we had both signed in. The other guy got there ahead of me. So they're working on me. You know, he's got all this little stuff and shaving here and this and that. For me, it's pretty much, you know, Audubon. They just shave, and it's gone, you know. And, and I come in. And, and the lady's fixing my hair, and they're talking, yeah, we know you can, we're so glad to see you, blah, 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 blah. I'm thinking, man, these ladies really like that I don't have any hair. And then I get done, and the, the other person had been there, had been there for like 15 minutes before me or whatever, and they were still putting this gel in his hair and this and that, you know, and he's looking good, and I'm looking like me, you know, and I come up there, and I go to pay, and I see him, he comes to pay. 
and, and I have a little habit. I give a $5 tip every time they cut both my hair. And I realized the guy next to me, he was in there before me, and he finished up after me. And so I was standing there because I have this other bad habit. I never bring my money with me. So I had to call my wife and get the numbers off of our Mac card. It was terrible. So I'm punching in my numbers from the Mac card, and I'm leaving my tip. And the other guy comes out, and they did all this stuff to his hair, and there was zero tip. And I had walked out, and I realized, they're not happy about me because I have no hair. <laughs> they're happy because I was kind. And do you realize that's what God will do with you? You will never... When you're kind to somebody, you will ne they'll never forget that. They know my name. They're like God. They know how many hair on my head. You know? They're ready. But I'll tell you what. When you're kind, it changes the world around you. Jesus modeled kindness. Over here in uh, Psalm 63.3, because your loving kindness is better than life. You know why we gather and praise? Not because we got cool band but because we have a cool God who was kind to you and should obliterate us instead he was kind to us and he allows you to approach his throne wow that's why we get to love him when God's loving kindness shines through us we attract the world around us to him and as we close this morning the word for kindness is Christeos and that's the Greek word, Christos. But there's another word you may have heard, Christos, Christ. And do you know what happened whenever they heard Christos or Christos? Jesus became synonymous with kindness. It was a little play on words that sound very similar, but Jesus became known as the kind man, and so the followers of Christ became known as the kind people. And I ask ourselves this this morning. In our community, are the people that are sitting here right now known as the kind people in our community? Or are we known as the people who are right? We have the word of God. It's right. You can't change it. And if somebody in the community doesn't, doesn't follow it, it doesn't change that he's right. But I'll tell you how you can change them by being kind. By sitting and looking and seeing that people have needs, by learning a name, and becoming friends. I want to challenge everybody in our church this week. Could we become kind to somebody who is not like us? It's easy for me to become kind to my wife, to my kids, to my immediate neighbors, but how about the person who's not like you? How about the person that you disagree with? How about the person that votes differently than you? Uh, how about all that? And become kind. And watch what God will do when you be like Jesus. We're going to be the hands and the feet of Jesus, right? We're going to go out and I'm going to say, I'm going to be kind. I may pay for a meal somebody across, across the restaurant. I'm going to be kind. I, I may sit down with somebody that may make me feel uncomfortable and I may be worried about my reputation. Don't worry about your reputation. Jesus didn't worry about it. It didn't change Jesus. You be kind and you love somebody based upon who Jesus is and watch what God will do. God will bring that out. And so we are the conduits of his loving kindness. Let's go out and change the world. We've got this big event this week. Invite somebody up. Just be kind. Invite somebody say, hey, 
Yeah, you think you're, yeah, it's intimidating sometimes to be kind, to go out of our way. It's, it's going to cost us something. I might be uncomfortable, I may be this, I may be that. Go and invite them, just say, hey, I'd like for you to come. Come up and check this thing out. You don't have to hang out with me all night. Just come up and have fun. Just see what God is doing up there. Let's close in prayer. With our heads bowed and eyes closed today, I want to, I want to encourage you today to get connected to Christ and let his kindness ooze out of you. Just, you can't get this by going home and trying harder, but you'll get it by, by getting closer to Jesus. And maybe this morning in this place you have not opened your heart to Jesus. You have not trusted him yet. He has kindness towards you. He died on the cross. His mercy sent Jesus to the cross. His grace sent Jesus to the cross. And he paid for your sin. And the third day he rose again. And God says, if you want eternal life, you just trust me. He's not coming to harm. He's coming to heal. And this morning I ask you, would you open your heart to Jesus? And so maybe you're in this place and you, you say, Ken, I'm ready to trust Jesus today. Would you just pray something like this? Dear God, I'm a sinner and I need you. You died on the cross to pay for my sin. You came back to life again for me and I invite you into my life right now. I accept your kindness towards me. And with others in this room, would you ask God to give you the kindness that he's given you, that you can give that to others. Father, be with your people as we respond to your word. In your name we pray. Amen.